Thanks for joining us for another full-length message from Matt Spinks and the Firehouse Projects. Our heart is for all who hear to be overjoyed at the experience of their permanent union with God and Jesus Christ. We bless you in His bliss. If this message blesses you, please consider sharing it and or donating at thefirehouseprojects.com where you can find more free resources, upcoming event info, and links to monthly partnership or one-time giving toward Matt and Katie's ministry. Thanks again and enjoy the good news. platforms, um, Apple Music, Spotify, and all that stuff, uh, John Mark Antenna. So good to have you, bro. It's a dream just to have you with us, man. Yeah, it is. First time uh, having John Mark in Fort Wayne, so. Yeah. A lot of shinging for a morning meeting. Could have got on for another hour. Amazing. <laughs> Yay. Whew. Glad you guys are all with us. We don't do a lot of morning meetings here, but <laughs> and some of us didn't We're here. even make it for the morning meeting. <laughs> John Crowder. <laughs> so you guys are gonna have to endure my preaching this morning. some help though. <laughs> if you guys need a drink, just come up to this pool over here. You know? Yeah. Wow. I gotta take a picture of this. This is beautiful. My 65 year old dad is here in the yeah. Thank you, Lord. Doesn't look a day over 64. Oh man, there's so much glory in here, man. Thank you for your nearness. Thank you that you're in us, closer than our 
breath closer than our skin, even on our worst day. Yeah. Good news. Very good. Very, very good news. Whoa. Yeah, just put your hand on your belly and begin to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We might as well experience the one that we've been grafted into. Yeah. If you need healing in your body, just put your hand up real quick. If you need a healing today, thank you, Lord. Get these hands. All right. There's a lot of people that need healing. All right, now take that hand and put it on the person next to you because it seems like everybody needs something. We just release in the name of Jesus all that you died for, Jesus. All that you came for. Oh, all that you recapitulated us for. Oh. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're here, Papa. Thank you that you're here, Jesus. Whoa, we love your blood. Just acknowledge your glory, acknowledge you in us, in every part of our body, in every cell. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. I'm so glad. Hey, thank you. Ooh, I'm feeling better. I wasn't even feeling bad, but I'm feeling better. Glory, glory, glory. Much better. Better, 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 better. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot to bring up any of my paraphernalia if one of our friends could grab my stuff. Someone grab my book stuff here. I'm going to give a couple things away. Well, I just thought to myself, some people come to our meetings and they've never experienced, you know, all this stuff or whatever. Uh, the, you know, just that we actually have fun and we're laughing and enjoying God. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. This, do you have this new little book yet, Melinda? I'm stealing it right you, now. Okay. Good, good. She's getting it. No, so um, I wrote a book some years back called High on God. Uh, does anybody yeah. have it here within reaching yeah, distance? Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's one down here. There you go. There's an advantage to sitting up front besides the preacher's spit. I'm so glad she got one. And does anybody not have a little book here? Oh, Thank you. But, you know, I, I have... People have questions, and I'm not really going to talk about all this today, but you can pick up the book, you know, if you're still a little weird about that manifestations, or if you like it and you want to know more. Um, this isn't just a Pentecostal side dish, you know, Toronto outpouring wasn't the beginning of having fun in God, um, so we walked through a lot of that stuff in this book. There's no high like the most high. Amen? These people are up here having fun. It looked like a dance party. And that's where I feel most at home. Because I feel like that's what we're going to be doing forever. We might as well start now. <laughs> we actually do have something to celebrate. Hallelujah. Christmas. I mean, the meaning of Christmas is, a, is celebrating Jesus Christ. Like, that's, the, that's the point. Mass means a celebration. And uh, Christ... 
So that's why we're here. And it's really just like a family reunion this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'm so honored to share. This Whoa. is the only one you have to endure me through. Um, but I'm so honored to share alongside Francois and Lydia and John Crowder. And man, I really believe there's a, just a fresh awakening to the incarnation, to grace, to the, the apostolic gospel, just to the original message that all are included in him. That, uh, my, my favorite line is the first line on our website says that Jesus Christ actually saved the world. Come on. Come on. It sounds like a crazy, crazy concept, but most Christians don't believe it. Jesus Christ actually already saved the world. Whoa. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And so, you know, this, this weekend is just an amazing excuse for all of our, like, you know, Glory, grace, reforming friends to get together in one place yeah. and enjoy one another. And hopefully you're having times, you know, getting, getting some food together and just feasting and, and just enjoying together. This, uh, there's something going on. And just knowing one another, just that fellowship that we have with one another, encouraging. You're not crazy. You're not, you're not the only one. You're not a heretic. Um, there are others out there. And, I mean, even if there weren't, I would still be drinking. I, I could drink. To have people just to fellowship around this message, and so I'm, I'm honestly, and, and as a representative of Fort Wayne, I'm just so happy to have you all here Whoa. in our house. It's really, I leaned over to my wife and I said, at, at risk of sounding too scandalous, I said, I think this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> somebody where we don't do a bunch of impartations or altar calls or whatever you're going to get that just anywhere but if you want a little you know you can always come to the front and one of these wild people will poke you with a glory IV or something uh, don't take it too seriously if you're like where's the glory IV in the bible it's like let's just have fun first it's okay it's okay to have fun for me, you know? I said we're not like I'm not going to preach on the glory IV or whatever um, you're already tasting and seeing that Jesus is here, Emmanuel. The well of Emmanuel. So that's all I want to share on this morning. You know, we, we just wanted to take a couple days and revel in the Advent, revel in the Christmas spirit, which contrary to many Facebook posts is the Holy Spirit. Yes. Don't be afraid of the Christmas tree. Well, they didn't put one in here. They'd probably be safe. <laughs> like, it's okay to celebrate Jesus, even his birthday once a year. You know, it's okay. We don't know what day it was. We get it. But I'm just so excited. You know, like I shared last night, we've been just diving into like what the incarnation has meant to the church historic. Come on. What the advent has meant. Uh, what it means that he came. 
You know, and uh, for years we preached the finished work of the cross. Uh, but a lot of times we, we focus so much on the cross and the resurrection, we forget that, uh, you know, the incarnation was pretty massive. <laughs> when I say the finished work of the cross, I mean the, the incarnation, life, death, resurrection, co-ascension, co-seated, yes. quickens at the right hand of the Father, you know, the whole thing. The whole thing. He came. He came. And uh, I want to share a few things today. Um, I'm going to read, do some readings in a little while from this little book called The Scandal of the Incarnation. Um, it's selected readings from Irenaeus, one of the early church fathers, um, by Hans Urs von Balthasar, one of the Catholic theologians, but he just did a, a selection. The Scandal of the Incarnation. If you want a Christmas reading, I just encourage you to know this. Uh, it, you, know, you can find it on Amazon and a bunch of places. That, I'm not promoting my product. I have nothing to do with it. So. It's okay. But uh, I just, you know, want to revel in this. What happened? What happened 2,000 years ago that we were included into? Like John was saying last night, much uh, more powerful than effect and effective than our born again experience. Much more powerful than our hand being raised at the altar was when Jesus came and laid himself on the altar. What Jesus did that had had. Before we were born, before we could give our permission, before anyone, you know, from the foundation of the world. Jesus. Let's just, is it all right if we just preach the, the, the person and the work of Jesus Christ? Uh, it's really okay. I know a lot of times you're like, man, I, I don't hear enough about Jesus or even a, a Christmas message. You're going to get uh, like an overdose this weekend. When, when, when Francois starts unpacking it and John and uh, hopefully I can add a thing. Maybe, I don't know. Actually, I don't want to add a single thing. Beautiful. <laughs> it's already been done, but uh, let's see. Okay. I'm so glad I printed my notes today, too. Yeah. Because yeah. I need help. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have another. Have another. Thank you. Yeah. Woo. Incarnation. Let's get a cup of Christmas cheer. Yes, that's it. That's it. Right Raise here. your glass. Raise it up. We are drinking none other than Jesus Cheers. himself. An incarnation and swill. Thank you, Lord. So I love to celebrate the coming of Christ. This is kind of, you know, hopefully this is what you guys are kind of uh, chewing on all year round. Because Christmas is every day. Yeah. Like, uh, like Will Ferrell says in Elf. You know. Jesus! But, you know, because I, I love to preach it everywhere we go, it's still a scandalous message because most of the church is more excited about the second coming. They don't realize what happened to the first coming. Woo! Right? Uh, we, we, there's so much distance and delay preached that we're literally, we find ourselves in the same state as most of the Old Testament followers of, of Yahweh uh, waiting for some great thing in the future. We're waiting for some Messiah. And uh, I, I'm excited about the second coming. I mean, it's going to be amazing. I believe there's a physical, you know, return of Jesus. And he says, foot down and everyone's going to wake up. It's going to be amazing. But uh, Jesus said it was finished at the first coming. It, it is finished. It's a good declaration. And uh, I think most of us haven't realized what happened. I'm just realizing what happened. Yeah. If you think you already know what happened, you need to hear about what happened. <laughs> Come on, that's it. Um, I love it. So I'm just excited. That's all we're going to do this morning. Just a little Christmas wake-up call. Um, but I'm going to read a few things and share a couple stories. But 
Um, one of my favorites, so we'll start with an Athanasius line. Yeah. Are you guys tracking with Athanasius? Yeah. He wrote a pretty good book. It's called On the Incarnation. Yeah. My God. Um, Athanasius, flesh was taken up by the Logos to liberate all humans, to resurrect all of them from the dead. I mean, we're already past what we believe here. It's like, none of us believe this. So the flesh, flesh was taken up by the Logos to liberate all humans. Wow. Are you a human? Are you, do we have any humans today? Liberation is yours. To resurrect all of them from the dead. All of them. Just in case you weren't sure. It says all of them from the dead. And to ransom all of them from sin. Is anybody getting drunk today? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Liberate all humans, resurrect all of them from the dead, ra ransom them all from sin. Um, oh, Lord. Irenaeus, one of, the, one of my favorite early church fathers. I want to read a few quotes, but, um, you know, uh, uh, John was, has, been, has spent so much time, John Crowder, like, debunking the penal substitution concept that there was this angry kind of monster God that needed to be paid off before he could love you. Uh, the great Latin heresy, the great heresy of the West. Yeah. That, uh, you know, Come on. that unless God had blood, he couldn't forgive. Um, what a strange concept, really. You know, uh, like if I couldn't forgive my kids unless I had some blood in front of me. Like what kind of a twisted idea? And, and there's so I've met people, so many people that have trouble believing in Christ because of that. It just doesn't make sense because a lot of us grew up in the church. We don't think through what we believe. We just say whatever. I just believe it. And we don't realize like when we when we're telling people the gospel, we're telling them the picture that comes to their mind is like it's not attractive. You know. It's not, yeah, we gotta you gotta pay off God and drink blood and who knows what. But um, a lot of times people ask, well, then what what was um, what was the coming of Christ all about? What was the point? If, if God didn't need to be paid off, if if God didn't want another you so that you could just get out of the way and you didn't have to look at you anymore, what was it all about? Um, well, what I love about Irenaeus is he presents a little view called recapitulation. Recapitulation. So it's one of the, the theories about, you know, because if you, if you think your view of God isn't a theory, um, yeah, well, right. okay. we're all learning. You know, like you, you may not, in a couple yeah, of years, you may be true. like, I don't even know if I was saved before. Because <laughs> God keeps showing us, new, you know, just revealing. And uh, so recapitulation is a really fun one. And I just want to read a few quotes just to kind of get us in there, you know. Um, in that Christmas spirit. Yeah. I'm going to release the Christmas spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Weekend, but, um, so I'm just going to read a few quotes and just kind of soak these into yourself. And, and he was presenting this recapitulation idea. You know, the same like Gregory Nazianzus said, the unassumed is the unhealed. Right. Have you ever heard that quote? That to me was transformational. If you just meditate on that, the unassumed is the unhealed. So Jesus assuming flesh, like Athanasius was quoting, uh, it's like it, Jesus didn't come to pay off a, a, an angry father, a, a, a bloodthirsty, uh, whatever. Uh, he, he came because we had a cancer. We had sin growing us. We had, we had 
these, these wrong views based on, you know, uh, just the, the fall and everything that had happened. And there's this cancer that had grown up and destroyed. There's selfishness. There's ego. There's all this stuff happening. And Jesus assumes. So, it, so as Gregory Nazianzus says, the unassumed is the unhealed. Oh Jesus then assumes mm. humanity. And when God, so the, the, the recapitulation view is that when God became a man, he didn't just become uh, a man, but the creator became creation. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It says cosmic implications. Uh, it's a cosmic gospel. That it wasn't, he didn't just become a man, but he became the vicarious man. He became humanity. He, he assumed. So it's like, you know, it's like one drop of God touches into the created order. It's more powerful than everything. It just takes over everything. Recapitulated. Come on. Re restore. This would mean you know, this is why we can say by his stripes we were healed. Yeah. Like but even before that, from the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, that, that as in this incarnation, when little baby Jesus appears on the scene, there's so much glory. So much glory that nothing can stand, that no darkness can stand. And so here's some some fun quotes I just want to go through from our enemies. I know some of y'all aren't into theology or whatever. Uh, well, you're here, so just drink it down, you know, have a good drink. You can always test it, but uh, this has been, see, what I love about quoting some of the early fathers is it's been uh, good for thousands of years, you know? It's not like a lot of our common theories that maybe have lasted 50 and we have to throw them out or whatever. Um, so here's one, uh, Irenaeus, um, he appeared as man in the fullness of the time. And being God's word, he summed up in himself all things in heaven and on earth. He united man with God and brought about communion between God and man. He summed up in himself all things in heaven and on earth. Yeah, that's actually Ephesians 1, 11 as well. If you're not sure about these guys still. <laughs> Here's another one. That, and uh uh, Hans Erst von Balthasar sums this up as the cosmic dimension of the cross. But he says, by his obedience unto death on the cross, he wiped out the ancient disobedience wrought on that tree. He is himself the word of Almighty God, who is in yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who in his invisible form pervades us all. It encompasses the breadth and length, the height and depth of the whole world. Whoa. For by God's word, all things are guided and ordered. Now God's son was also crucified in them since he has imprinted the form of the cross on the universe. Oh my God, <laughs> In becoming visible, he had, to, he had to reveal the participation of the universe in his cross. He wanted to display in visible form his activity in the visible realm. Namely, that it is he who makes bright the heights. That is what is in heaven and reaches down into the depths. That is what is under the earth and spreads out the length from east to west like a pilot guiding the breath from north to south, calls together all the dispersed from all the corners of the earth to the knowledge of the Father. Come on. I mean, if you're not into this early church stuff, my God, what are you doing? The scandal of the incarnation. <laughs> Here's a good one. Um, the Father revealed in the Son. No one can know the Father without the Word of God. 
You remember when Jesus appeared on the scene and said, none, you know God, you know. <laughs> it's really good news because all of our best ideas and all of our things, you know, there's no climbing, there's no ascending. This isn't for the smarter people. This isn't just for the, you know, the geniuses or whoever. Uh, it said, no one can know the Father without the Word. That is to say, unless the Son reveals Him. No, no one can know the Son without the good pleasure of the Father. The good pleasure of the Father is carried out by the Son. The Father sends while the Son is sent and comes. The Father, invisible though He is to us, is known by His own Word. Through the inexpressible, the word expresses him to us. Again, yeah. only the Father knows his word, but both these truths have been revealed to us by the Lord. Thus, the Son reveals the knowledge of the Father by his own manifestation. The knowledge of the Father is the manifestation of the Son. Everything is manifested through the word. I'm not in a hurry. I do this for my own enjoyment. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> As he reigned in heaven, so the word of God reigns wow. on earth. Wow. You don't have to keep praying that one. As he reigned in heaven, so the word of God reigns on earth and holds sway over the things which are under the earth, having become the firstborn from the dead. So that as we have said, all things might behold their king. So that the fatherly light might meet and rest upon the flesh of our Lord. And then from that resplendent flesh come upon us. And finally, so that man girded with fatherly light might attain to incorruption. Wow. Jesus. Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. We thank you. Word of the Father, placing us in resplendent light. Oh my God. Jesus. Jesus. And then through the second half of this book, um, Irenaeus, or, or Baltazar quotes a lot of our Irenaeus stuff, really getting into recapitulation. And so I just want to throw this out there, just because you know, we get that question all the time like, oh, if you're not about penal substitution, what, what else is there? What else is there? You know? Um, so this, from here on, it's called Incarnation as Recapitulation. And this is Balthazar's introduction, but he says, The prophetic appearances of the word pointed ahead to the one mystery, the union of God and man. All the threads in God's saving plan are here intertwined. Now the stupendous exchange takes place. Yeah. Just say stupendous exchange. Stupendous exchange. <laughs> <laughs> Irenaeus calls this wonderful thing recapitulation. What he means is this. The second Adam is the repetition of divine truth of the first Adam. The Adam who turned away from God. The second Adam repeats the whole natural development of man at the higher level of divine reality. Sinful, lost, and wandering man is not just put back on course by companionship. That's powerful, but more profoundly, he is taken into that one. Whoa. Just read that again. Well, sinful, lost, and wandering man is not just put back on course by that companionship of love. I thank God that we have a relationship with God 
But this second phrase, it makes clear that it's not our relationship. We have Jesus' relationship with the Father. We've been included into the Trinitarian life. This is why, this is, I mean, the incarnation is a scandal. This is why, you know, so many of the early church fathers were, were, were fighting for us to realize Jesus fully God and fully man. Not 50%, not just, you know, having pity, not just God coming down to join us, but God joining us. God coming down to join us, to bring us into his life, literally to, you know, uh, like John was sharing last night. Uh, our salvation has nothing to do with our choice, our submission, our faith. Our salvation is as sure as the fact that Jesus exists. Yes. Yeah. How do you know if you're saved? If Jesus is still alive. Yes. <laughs> because God and man fully joined. Not just God and a man. God and humanity. God and the cosmos. Recapitulated. Reformed. Restored. 100% happened. Done. Already done. How do I know if I'm saved? If Jesus still exists. St. <laughs> Paul coined the word recapitulation to express the meaning of the incarnation. It was God's plan to bring everything together under Christ's head. Everything in the heavens. Everything on earth. Ephesians 1.10. One of my favorite verses. Ephesians 1 will get you jacked. Jacked. Man, I just don't know what not to read. <laughs> in him, everything becomes clear and has its meaning. The salvific order of sin, which makes possible the revelation of God's superabundant mercy, the self-abasement of Christ, by which he gets down to man and lifts him up to God. The reconciliation of the world and God, of nature and grace, which has its foundation in the one incarnation. This indestructible interweaving of things is the true touchstone of what is Catholic. This is a Catholic theologian. The Gnostics tear Christ into two pieces, a mortal man and a spiritual being incapable of suffering. In doing so, they disown the very heart of Christianity. For only when matter, Christ's very body, is safeguarded in God, is man redeemed. Whoa. So true. Well, let me say that one again. Yeah. Just put your hand on your matter here, you know? Some of you have more matter than others. But we all matter equally. Only when matter, Christ's very body, is safeguarded in God, is man redeemed. So now that was that was Balthazar's introduction to recapitulation. And here's some quotes from Irenaeus. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that through him we might receive adoption. And John preached on adoption. Did you guys get the revelation of adoption last night? It's not becoming a son. It's when, uh, you know, in, the, in the, the tradition of like the biblical writers would have known adoption as that moment when you become a full, fully aware, basically. It's like a, their adoption ceremony was when you celebrate coming into the full rights of being a son. It wasn't becoming a child of God. It had nothing to do with that. It would have been a foreign concept to them. It was when there was a, a, a like a celebration of a coming of age, basically. That's awesome. And, you know, we were just sitting with uh, Baxter recently, and uh, he was walking me through, like, how... So many uh, the the church has basically you know put everything in a legal court or a legal drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and form salvation is such a legal thing, um, which is such a you know stale and you know have you ever sat in a courtroom? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not a, not a lot of glory. No. Everybody wants to go to the courts of heaven. I'm like I want to sit in a family room. Oh. 
and what Baxter was walking us through is that, you know, the word adoption is used dozens more times in the New Testament than the word justification. You know, justification and sanctification, all these legal terminology. There is a place for that somewhere down the scale, you know. But adoption is used over and over and over. A family, family word. So the Son of God became the Son of Man so that through him we might receive adoption. This takes place when man receives and bears and embraces the Son of God. Irenaeus says he became the Son of Man to accustom man to receive God and God to dwell in man. Here's another one of my favorites. Uh, oh, Jesus. There was no other way for us to receive incorruptibility and immortality than to be united to incorruptibility and immortality. How can we be united to incorruptibility and immortality without incorruptibility and immortality first becoming what we are? The perishable putting on imperishability. The mortal putting on immortality that we might receive adoption as sons. Come on. Oh, Jesus. So into the paradise of life, the Lord leads those who believe his preaching, recapitulating all things in himself, things in heaven and things on earth. Again, it's like, which quotes not to read here? Um, <laughs> I posted this one on my wall. I, I, like I said, I'm seven. The Gnostics reject the co-mixture of the heavenly wine. They only want to be the water of this world and will not admit God into co-mixture with them. So they remain in the Adam conquered and cast out of paradise. They fail to see that at the beginning of our formation in Adam, the breath of life, which comes from God, was united to what had been formed, animated man, and showed him to be a rational animal, so that at the end, the word of the Father and the Spirit of God, united to the ancient substance of Adam's formation, made man living and perfect. <laughs> Capable of knowing the perfect Father. And this is something that, you know, as you hear Francois, you're going to hear over and over, it's like... Um, we didn't just actually get inside of Christ. We began in Christ. You know, a lot of times we talk about the fall at the beginning. There was stuff happening way before that. There was someone slain from the foundation of the world. And Ephesians talked over and over that we were in him, predestined, chosen from the beginning. We, were in, we, we weren't created with a faulty design. We weren't made just lowly sinners. Image and likeness. You're going to hear a lot about that. Francois shares. Do we have any idea? Where we began and where we've been restored into now. The word, the words that that Irenaeus uses is incorruptibility and immortality. Adopted again. as sons. Can you read that one again? Probably not. Oh come on! <laughs> he says the word six times. Just read it again. You have to buy the book. All right. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to do one more and then I'm going to try to preach something. I have nothing better to do. I always tell people. Come on. Yeah. Have another. It's the best ever. Have another drink. Oh. Ha ha. 
If the Lord had become incarnate in some other dispensation and taken flesh from some other substance, he would not have recapitulated man in himself. In fact, one could not then really use the word flesh because the flesh is in continuity with the first fashioning of man. When he was made from the dust of the earth, had it been necessary for him to have matter from another substance, the father at the very beginning would have used another substance to mold his handiwork. In fact, the saving word made himself precisely what lost man was. Wow, 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 wow. In the likeness of sinful flesh, by his own act, bringing man into communion with himself and obtaining man's salvation. What was lost had flesh and blood. For man was fashioned by God from the dust, and for the sake of man, the whole dispensation of the Lord's coming took place. He too, therefore, had flesh and blood, recapitulating in himself, not something else, but that original handiwork of the Father. Come on. Seeking and saving the lost. What he appeared to be, he really was. God recapitulated in himself the ancient handiwork of his, which is man. In order to kill sin, destroy death, and give life to man, these are his true works. Woo! Can we get a thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Lord. When he became incarnate and was made man, he recapitulated in himself the long history of mankind. And in that summing up, procured for us the salvation that was lost in Adam. Thank you. There's so much good stuff in here. Yeah. I just encourage you just to dive into some of the, these other uh, much more ancient views of what Christ has done. Recapitulation. Look into Christus Victor. Ransom. Look into some of that stuff. Ha, 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 ha. So I'm writing a book right now on the finished work. I'm so excited yeah, about it. My last book took, it took me seven years to write High on God because I was High on God. Um, <laughs> This one might also take me a really long time. Um, so I just put out a couple of the chapters that I do have done with a lot of pictures. Because my crowd likes pictures. You know, like little artwork and stuff. And we go through some stories. And like, I mean, someone bought this last time. They said, I read it in 10 minutes. I was like, perfect. My job is done here. <laughs> so let me just pass out a couple more of these. It's called The Masterpiece of the Divine. It's about the new creation, which is honestly the, the, the incarnation. Jesus Christ, including you in his life, is the new creation. And you are restored to your original uh, image and likeness, the masterpiece of the divine. <sighs> which never gets old, guys. Nope. Never no, gets old. Knowing ourselves, it's completely new. Knowing ourselves, in, like, John, like, uh, like Brian Schultz's song, it says, uh, don't you remember uh, in the garden? Don't you remember before the fall? You remember what it was like? Yeah. Woo! We're restored to that now and even thousands of years of greater glory. I'm not even trying to get back to Eden. Eden came and the, the author of Eden lives in me. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot me. The creator of paradise is in my body. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So in my, in my upcoming little book, I'm excited. I, I pull a lot from, from Irenaeus, um, who, you know, said, uh, the glory of God is man fully alive. Yeah. It also says man is, is fully alive in the vision of God. Wow. And uh, it's not just in God's eyes. It's, I love that in God's eyes thing. It's such a funny reality. We're like, well, yes, in God's eyes, I'm holy and perfect. It's like, well, who do you think sees reality? <laughs> 
You think, do you think you see reality better than God? Well, I realize we're all perfect and glorified and sanctified and all beautiful and stuff in God's eyes. Yes. <laughs> and so that's what we walk through in this book. We walk through what in God's eyes is like. You, know? you are the masterpiece of the divine. This new creation reality, this incarnation. You know, it, it glorifies God, but it also glorifies man. And so we actually take the first half of the book of walking through um, how how this finished work glorifies God as as the master artist, as as the, the most loving, as the most powerful. But then we take the second half of the book and we also say we he, he's glorified us as his masterpiece. And we are also fully powerful and fully loving. We're fully empowered. The finished work removes all sense of victim mentality. Yeah. Come on. If you're looking to get out of the victim mentality, look at Jesus Christ. Yeah. And what he's done to you, there's absolutely no room left for that. Right. You are a masterpiece of the divine. Come on. Hey, just look at somebody. You are a masterpiece of the divine. Yeah. And it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You are so holy. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, you know, we, we think we glorify uh, the artist by degrading and d disparaging his masterpiece. You know? but the greatest thing you can say to wow. an artist is how beautiful your work is. Yeah. The great, you want to glorify God? Tell someone how beautiful, holy, <laughs> at someone, you know, uh, there's some translation, if you're, well, I don't know if that's biblical, Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship, some translations, we are his masterpiece. Yep. Wow. Created in Christ Jesus. So anyway, that's, that's some of the fun we have in this book, um, but I'm looking forward to someday when the rest of it gets written. Uh, I like to take time to taste and see during the meeting. You know? There you are, Jesus. You've been feeling distant. If you've been feeling distant from God, just put your hand in your belly. My favorite prayer. There you are, Jesus. There you are, Jesus. There you are, Lord. Here you are, God. Here we are, enveloped in your life. We cannot get away. Everywhere we go, there you are. That's yeah. worth celebrating. Yeah, 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 yeah. So some of you don't know, uh, my wife Katie and I, I think she had to run off to help my mom or something, but my wife Katie and I, we, uh, we've been married uh, almost 17 years now, and uh, it's been so fun, and uh, you know, this message means so much to us, it means so much, it's just changed everything for us. 
Um, just to share a little bit of our testimony, you know, I don't know how many of you guys thought you had to climb so many ladders, you know, uh, if you were a part of, I, we've been a part of so many different movements, you know, we're always, we're always looking out for whatever God is doing, and so we've gone, you know, we went everywhere, went to the ends of the earth, like did YWAM, IOP, Morningstar, Toronto, Bethel, all the qualifications, we grew up Lutheran, we've done mainstream, we've done all that stuff, but still somehow, we ended up in a place where... We, we would we felt like maybe we would feel God once or twice a year, maybe. That's awful. Maybe we could hear his voice every now and then if we really press through. We genuinely, you know, because we were radical. We're like, my wife and I were kind of the goody-goodies. I mean, we had, you know, our wanderings off into different things. But whatever they preached, we were going to do it. Right. And that, that's why I often tell leaders, I'm like, be careful what you preach, not because of any other reason other than some people, there's some young people out there that are going to do everything you say. Wow. They're going to believe right? every word you say. I know, right? See, most, most Christians just come to church, they're like, that's a nice For message, real. they shake your hand, but there are some radicals out there that actually right. believe wow. what they're saying, or they're yeah. those who are desperate to like, whatever. I, I wanted God. Wow. I just always grew up like, I wanted God. I was willing to do whatever it took, and there's a lot of a lot of preachers that'll tell you what to do. There's a lot of messages about what you need to do to get there, to get what you've already gotten, that little baby right there. And even though I grew up in church all my life, man, I I, I don't know, you know, maybe maybe it's not like that for everyone, but for me, I you know, I thought it was about. Fasting, praying, going to the nations, giving everything, all this stuff, doing whatever you had to do. You know, so I, I ended up going to the mission field, living there, kind of burning out, coming back here, talking to my friends, saying, we don't, I don't know what's going on. My life doesn't look like the book of Acts. I wish it did. I don't know what's happening. Let's relearn Christianity together. We had a few friends that were crazy enough to try to, like, come. We tried to relearn. And, and from everything that we were telling, like, to figure out, uh, we what we wanted was revival. We wanted a region to be changed. We wanted people to be experiencing God, you know? We wanted people to get healed. We wanted real life stuff that we were reading about in here. We didn't know anybody where that was happening. Really didn't know anybody. And we knew it wasn't for us. So all the voices that we heard that were like talking about that stuff were prescribing all these lists of things you got to do. Right. You know, uh, you need to pray more. You need to pray. You don't just need to pray more. Uh, you need to pray multiple times a day. You need to wake up early. In fact, you need to pray 24-7. Right. That's this year. Right. 24-7. And you have to go to school. Press through. Do it too. Oh, sure. oh. We, we had our little house fellowship of young people. We would meet seven nights a week. Seven nights. We would worship for hours. Uh, we would wake up early. We get to the point where I had little uh, 24-hour schedules I was handing out to all my friends to keep them accountable to make sure that they were doing all the things. Literally, it was like, are you, you wake up early, you pray, you do personal Bible study, you have personal prayer, you have family prayer, you have church prayer, you're taking communion, you're sharing the gospel enough with other people, doing all this stuff, and you schedule it out. That way we know we're at least doing it so that the transformation, the revival will come. We literally thought, if, you know, once we get all these things in position, then the heavens will open. That was our thing. It was like all about getting that open heaven reality. You know? yeah. Getting the open heaven. You guys ever run a part of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, or, you know, and some of us that grew up mainline, you don't have all that language and stuff, but, um, I, you know, I grew up mainline too, and I would, I was just, I just wanted to experience God at least, you know? I don't know. I didn't know how to do it. Most of the people in my church were bored to tears. 
<laughs> barely, you know, just barely getting to church, angry on the way to church, you know, <laughs> ready to get out ASAP and watch football or whatever. <laughs> I just never met anybody experiencing this stuff, you know. Um, but then in 2008, come on, so I'm going to share the gospel with us. I could go on and on about all the religious crap that we were doing. We were trying so hard. I, that's why when people preach religion, I can be like, I did it way more than you. What are you preaching? Tell me your, tell me your, uh, your you know, your uh, prescription. Mine was stronger. Like Paul, like Paul said, Pharisee of Pharisees. You know, he, he knew what it was like, and, and I definitely wasn't Pharisee because when I was doing all that, I was judging the crap out of everybody that wasn't doing it. Dude, if you want to know how to destroy a church, well, you guys probably already know. <laughs> Religion, man. I still have friends to this day that like hate God because of me, oh. yeah, because of the condemnation and the crap I rolled on them. And it's 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 crazy, man. Um, but in 2008, so I was a worship leader. I'm leading worship. Um, we are contending for revival at this moment in time was going to be the one. This is the first chapter. Because we had apostolic leaders from everybody in the room. Oh, I didn't even tell you about our nights of repentance. But anyway, we'd all gone through 21 days of repentance, repenting for everything we could ever imagine. You know, for that, using a magic eight ball when you were five or whatever, everything, anything. We were all in position, though, this night. We, we'd gone through all the repentance. We had the apostles and leaders from different churches. We had church unity. We were meeting at an ancient well location, you know. It was like old university campus that used to be run by somebody somebody who was who back in the day and we had everything together it was like a big meeting like this we're contending for revival dude i'm the worship leader and we're singing that song let it rain let it rain open the flood breaking strings and i sang that song for 45 minutes straight not even the verses just just the chorus just the chorus and you know i'm going for it. I'm like, tonight is the night. The heavens will open. I break a string. I break two strings. My fingers are bleeding on the guitar. It's literally like, and now that I look back on it, it's like, you know, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, you know? I'm like cutting myself because I start bleeding. I break three strings. I kid you not, I only had three strings left on my sixth string. I'm like, I don't care. We're going for revival. And this thing's, the devil is trying to stop it, man. The sound, the sound system demons are in full strength. And, Oh my gosh. This is so good to be free. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but so, so there was good. this beautiful couple that had attended the meeting, and uh, they said, and they stayed till the end. See, like, uh, when I, real, I realized the breakthrough wasn't coming, when I saw it, you know, after like three hours on a weeknight, people started to leave. I'm like, you backsliders, you don't care. <laughs> None of you care about this city. You don't care about God. I don't even care. I don't even know. They're all leaving. So at the end, there's like five of us left. You know? yeah. They finally shut it down. I'm like, whatever, backsliders. I would have had the revival. <laughs> but this couple comes up and they, they go, oh, we'd love to invite you over for lunch this week. I was like, okay, sweet. Yeah, they were so sweet. And we came over to their house for lunch and they had all these stories. They seemed, firstly, they seemed happy and refreshed. I hadn't seen one of those people in a long time. <laughs> and and they were they were uh, they had fruit, they had all these testimonies of just cool things God was doing or whatever, and they were just feeding us lunch and, and they said, Oh, we loved your worship last night. Like we were so happy to be there. That song, Let It Rain, you know, open the floodgates of heaven. That's beautiful, that's a beautiful song. Uh, you know, as long as you know that heaven's already open. Praise God. <laughs> and I and I was like, uh, yeah, 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 of course. 
go. They're like, you know, the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom. You remember that and everything? I was like, absolutely. And we just went on and shared the lunch, but that phrase just resounded through my head for like days. As long as you know the heavens are already open. For days, I just couldn't get it out of my mind. And these people had testimonies. And then through a series of divine appointments over the next few months, and we connected with like a bunch of different groups, including John Crowder and some others, that began to like just kind of point us to this reality that the heavens are already open. If something had already happened. And the glory on these guys' lives was all the things that we had been praying for for like the last 10 years. Like that they were experiencing God every day. They were seeing, they were seeing miracles, supernatural. Their, their, their families seemed healthy and happy. <laughs> they were encouraged, there was joy. And there was just this tangible sense of his presence mm. that, uh, my God. Like, like, I, like I said, guys, I, I literally was happy just hearing God once a year maybe. Mm. Right. I would write it in my journal. It would right. be like stars everywhere in my journal. Right. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And all of a sudden, I started to feel the presence of God everywhere I went. Yeah. <clears throat> See wow. the glory of wow. God. Wow. Just feel wow. love. I felt like I was wrapped in a hug continuously. Come on. My wife and I had had our whole schedule of everything scheduled out. And we would come to our prayer times. And we would just sit there and stare at each other with huge smiles. <laughs> Not knowing what to pray because it felt like every prayer had been answered. Yeah. Everything that we were asking for for all those years, we're like, what do we ask for now? <laughs> Jesus! I know him! <laughs> but the message was really this incarnation message. It's Ephesians 1.10 reality. I began to see it was actually the gospel that Jesus preached everywhere he went. Matthew 4.17, Mark 1.15. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'd never heard that. I opened up to Mark 1.15 one day, and in one of those red-letter Bibles, the only line in the red letters on that page said, Jesus said, said that he preached the gospel of God, saying, I'm like, oh, the gospel of God? And it's like one red, little red sentence. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'd never heard it. I grew up all my life in church. I didn't know that heaven and earth had been brought together once and for all 2,000 years ago. I kid you not. I mean, for most of us, that's still some of this intellectual concept. In this room, guys, in your belly, in Christ, the fullness of heaven. (laughs) Put your hand on somebody. (laughs) Wake up. Say, wake up. You made it. (laughs) Or better even than saying you made it since he came. You know, there's nothing in this Bible about going to heaven. There's nothing in this Bible other than maybe an occasional vision that somebody had where they went to heaven, like John or whatever. But I got good news for you. Like, none of you are dying and going to heaven. The gospel is that Jesus Christ, in his person, brought heaven and earth together right, once and for all. Right, right, right. Now, is there going to be some glorious manifestation in the future? Absolutely. But the Bible talks about the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And we're here. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We're not going somewhere else. We're not waiting for a greater day. One of my favorite testimonies, we heard this. Uh, I don't know how we came across. Someone sent us this YouTube video, this really successful woman in business that had a, you know, all these, uh, just, you know, had all these amazing business things and made a bunch of money and was just doing really well. And, and, and they were interviewing this woman and she said, yeah, you know, the turning point was when I had this horrible bike accident and uh, I crashed and I, I died. And I, I, or I thought I died. And when I woke up, I thought I was in heaven. And I thought I was in heaven for like six hours. And, uh, but then when I finally realized, when someone convinced me that I, I just had this accident and that I was still here on earth, 
I just decided those six hours were so wonderful, I'm gonna keep living that way. <laughs> Come on. And she said that was her secret of success. <laughs> But this is what we have in Jesus, guys. So many of us are, you know, we're, we're focused on these circumstances, what, what Francois calls contradictions. Yeah. You know, we've been so focused on the problem. Yeah. I mean, I kid you not, dude. You, you, you ask most Christians, they have 99 problems. Yeah. And, it, you know, it may be true, honestly. It may be true that those things are happening, but you have a greater reality yeah. at every moment. You have the greatest. This isn't a gospel beyond circumstance. It's just an awakening to the circumstance above all circumstances. You are in him. He is in you. Not on your good days or bad days, but based once and for all. And just if Jesus exists, I'm in heaven on earth. And yeah, there's greater glory to come. But my God, how much glory is here right now? Right. My God. How much is there to celebrate in this Christmas? I mean, no, I mean, serious, honestly, how much glory is there to celebrate in, this, in the person, you know, the community? It's, you know, sometimes we focus on all, there's so many benefits, you know, forget not all his benefits, Psalm 103 says, there's so many benefits. Sometimes we, we got preachers that preach all about financial prosperity and all that stuff, and that is one of the benefits. I'll be honest, I'm a prosperity preacher. I'm a full prosperity preacher. You've got everything that he is. Everything that he is. That means his humility as well, his generosity, his kindness. The old ego is, is dead. When God became a man, your ego is absorbed into that life. And who do you think won? Well, it doesn't feel that way to me. I have all these things. Well, what are you focused on? Come on. That's good. What, what, what are you paying attention to? I encourage you this, this weekend and this incarnation celebration to focus on the incarnation. <laughs> But not just this little figurine of baby Jesus. What actually happened? Who is he? Who am I? Where am I? What's going on? What is reality? Because that's repentance. Too. It's just waking up to reality. Waking up to the truth. We're going to see how God sees. When God looks at this room, there is nothing but glory. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing but bliss, perfection, life forevermore. As Irenaeus says, uh, incorruptibility, immortality. He brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Come on. And that's changed our lives forever, man. I've been jacked up, just in ballistic, feeling his, feeling his hug, feeling the embrace of the Father, tangibly hearing his voice, like continuously. I, I don't have a big journal full of words from God because after a while, you're just like happy just to sit there and smile at each other and hang out. <laughs> like, you know, we're all worried about like, oh, I need a hundred different words. When, when he speaks, it's clear. His sheep know his voice. Wow. We get paranoid about trying, oh, I'm trying to hear a word. If he wants you to hear a word, you're going gonna to hear a word. You have to fight not to hear the word. That's it. That's it. That's right. That's right. No joke. I mean, that's another thing that's just shift on our head, man. How stressful is it if we're always, you know, like, like our buddy Rod Williams says, we didn't make him good and we didn't make him the shepherd. Mm, whoa. Come on. He is a good shepherd. Amen. He leads. He, it's not up to the sheep to figure it out. The shepherd Use the crook. And my Bible says that he wasn't satisfied with just 99. If you feel like the one confused one is, he left the 90. He, he made sure all 100 made it in. Come on. We are flirting with universalism here. But it's, it's, you know why it's good news? Because I need it. It's good news for me. Whoa, like, yeah. I'm not so concerned about, you know, oh, all, all the people of the world, blah, blah. I'm like, I need to hear his voice, dude. I'm the sheep that got lost. Wow. And I'll get lost again. 
but I'm in union with all of heaven and all of earth right now. I mean, it, it really changes everything. And there's no, there's no length to how far this goes. There, you can't reach the bottom of this wine barrel. There's so many implications to being in union with God in Christ. I encourage you to get some of Baxter's, uh, C. Baxter Kruger's work, some of uh, the Torrance brothers, some yeah. Francois, some of these guys that are diving into this up, honestly, because if you think you've already got it here this morning, I don't have it this morning. No, no. I'm just beginning to, to realize, like after being in this message for maybe 15 years, I mean, 15 years is nothing. I'm just beginning to see the implications. When we begin to wake up to this good news, we're all going to feel like we were clinically depressed. <laughs> we're going to be like, I was satisfied with that much. Oh, yeah. Like George McDonald says, good souls will be horrified in the future of what they believe today about God. Wow. I will be. He's way better. If it sounds too good to be true, it's, it's further than that. Wow. It is. That's the big stumbling block of the gospel. That is, and that has been the biggest stumbling block of the gospel as we preach it over the years. The persecution we get from people is always them telling that we preach that was too much in Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it is. We're, we're telling people it's too easy, it's too free, and there's too much in Christ, and we get tons of pushback. So you're like, well, I don't feel that way, and I know somebody that didn't feel that way. Look, Jesus has so much compassion. I, I want to share one of my favorite stories on you know, this isn't like a magic wand where I expect everyone to just feel it right away. I mean, I love that. That happens sometimes, whatever. You know, but because he did go to the depths of our sinful flesh, he descended into the depths. He knows what it's like to be stuck there not feeling anything for decades. You know, he knows he's with you. The incarnation wasn't the first time that God knew what it was like to, to be a human. He's been with you the entire time. He knows every moment of what you've gone through. And, um, I love to show this too because sometimes our message does feel too too scandalous or even just hard to believe. If you've been through a lot of stuff, man, it can feel hard to believe that you're holy, perfect, that you're in heaven, that the fullness of God dwells inside of you. But I love to, to that's another reason I love to revel in the incarnation because it's about God coming to us, like John Mark was saying, on our worst day. Yeah, that's it. Like Francois says, uh, you know, abundance and lack does not determine where we're seated. How you feel, what, what, what you're manifesting. It's not about that. Take your eyes off of that. One of my favorite movies. I'm going to share this. I showed this at Cana. So but I love this movie. If you guys, have any of you seen What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams? Yeah. You need to see it. If you haven't seen it, if you've seen it, see it again. It never gets old to me. And uh, when that movie came out, oh God, I love Robin Williams, by the way. Oh, so drunk. I love his serious roles the best. But when that movie came out, all the, the, the churches were protesting it. Um, which means you definitely need to see it. Yeah. <laughs> like when the shack came out, you guys remember? When the shack came out, all the pushback. Because it's too good to be true. Now the problem, with, I guess, with what dreams may come was like their afterlife story wasn't biblically accurate. I'm like, dude, it's a poem. It's a metaphor. It's a, you know, it's a picture. There's so much Jesus on this movie. So much Jesus and so much of the incarnation in this movie. So, you know, if you don't know what happens, Robin Williams' character, his name is Christy, first of all. Uh, if you don't pick that up, Christy. Wow. And he, he, has, he has a family. Um, and uh, his wife is an artist. And they have, they have the love story. Him and his wife, they kind of go through that twin flames picture. Like, they are absolutely in love. Like, they meet in this 
crazy, you know, uh, romantic, like, it looks like it's in Europe somewhere, they're on sailboats, and there's sailboats crossing past paths, and they're like, <laughs> it's like a picture of Jesus in the beloved world. <laughs> and the sailboats hammered drunk, they're like, they, they dance off the sailboats into the, into the picnic green, and they set up their picnic, and there's, and then, so, anyway, she's an artist, they get married, they have this beautiful family, and then their kids die in a, I forget how the kids are, an accident, right? It's a car accident. And the wife is so tormented that, you know, she tries to hold on for, for years. She's going through this torment, and uh, after years of torment, she even checks into a mental institution, she starts losing her mind, and there's this line, uh, I love it, he, he, uh, he comes to her in because he, he's still trying to maintain. He's like the only one that hasn't lost his mind at this point. And, and he goes to visit her time and time again. And he finally, um, she says this line where, because uh, she's losing her mind and he's not. And she says, sometimes when you win, you lose. Sometimes when you win, you lose. And it was like, sometimes the one that's just able to hold it together, um, you know, anyway, you, you realize more what that line would, means later. But she finally commits suicide. She, she dies. So he's left there and you know, his whole family's passed on him. And, uh, and so then he dies in a car accident as well. So the whole family passes on. And then the rest of the movie is like this afterlife scene, right? So he dies and he's just sucked up into this glory. And I love it because like, you know, I just, I always wish movies would like portray just anything, like anything heavenly at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so with all the creativity of like the movie industry and such a scene, this right. incredible scene. So his, right. oh my God. And his wonderland, his heaven is one of her paintings. Wow. Right. So he wakes up wow. in this, oh God, wow. dude. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 start this early in the story. <laughs> he, he dies and his heaven is one of her paintings, you know? And uh, like his dog is there or whatever, you know, and they're like, he's learning all this stuff. He's like, he learns how to fly wow. and he's flying through. And all of a sudden he realizes that the ground is literally paint. So he's like sloshing around in the paint. So. But he's not there for like 10 minutes and he's like, <laughs> he goes, where is my wife? And uh, they say, you know, she didn't make it here. She's a suicide. And, uh, of course, without getting too legalistic about it, and, there's, you know, he's like, suicides go to hell or whatever. And, and he's like, oh, no. He's like, no. <laughs> and uh, he's, like, he's like, there's nothing we can do. You know, she's in hell. So he's talking to this angel character or whatever. And, and, and he's like, but I thought this was heaven. I thought you'd get whatever you want in heaven. <laughs> he's like, well, yeah, technically. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so, so he he goes technically, huh? You know, yeah. He just gets this look on his face, like I found the loophole. <laughs> 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 you know, and they they try to you know, the angels or whatever trying to talk him into just like enjoying heaven or whatever. He immediately just goes on the mission. You know, he's like, take me to hell. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! And he has to descend through all these like different, you know levels or whatever because he goes Whoa. down there you know and it's so it's crazy you know i like the way they displayed it and it's like you know it is tormenting you know it's, it's sketchy it's it's dark but he finally gets down there you know through all these like you know 
uh, whatever boats and whatever he takes to get to hell. I don't know. <laughs> Gets down there, you know, and uh, they find her, and she's in this like dark, decrepit old spider webby version of their old home. And uh, but the thing is, is like they they just say, you know, she's a suicide. She's here because she doesn't want to leave. She's lost her mind. Whoa. This is all she knows. Whoa. Like she's stuck here because Whoa. she's lost her mind. And uh, it's like technically she could leave, leave whenever she wants, but that never happens, you know. And uh, so he's like, I'm, I got to go in there and I'm just going to talk to her, you know. And he goes in and he talks to her for like a couple minutes or whatever. And uh, <laughs> first he introduces himself as the gardener. Because oh, no. like, wow. he knows it would be too much to, <laughs> to see him. And, uh, so he talks to her as the gardener for a while and you know they just tell a few stories that, you know like oh they rob Robin Williams cook you know, he tells a few jokes and, but he comes back out and he talks to the angel and he's like you're right it's it's too much in there you know wow. and he's like that yeah he's like no one's ever done it he's like let's, let's get back in the boat he's like no it's too much in there I'm gonna stay wow. <laughs> come on wow He's like, I know I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> wow. But he goes in there anyways, you know, and he just just decides, like, heaven is not heaven without you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. Heaven is not heaven without her. And so he just, he goes in and he just sits with her and he starts talking with her, you know. And they, and they say, they, the, the guy says, fine, it's up to you, but no one lasts longer than three minutes. So what is the three? You know, no one lasts longer than three minutes. So he's in there. And you just know it's like two minutes and 45 seconds, you know, he's sitting with her and, uh, and he's just, you know, whatever, just making little anecdotes and finally he introduced himself. It's like, it's me, it's Christy, it's Christy, you know, and they look each other in the eyes and it's like the three minute mark hits and then all of a sudden it's like, this whole thing happens and all of a sudden she wakes up. She wakes up to the gospel, dude, of, of their relationship and just who he is. And, and he gets what he wants. Yes. And he sucks her all the way up through instantaneously back into the painting wow. of heaven. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, the rest of the movie is, uh, you know, it's, they, they're in the sunset, you know. Come on. The rest, is, is, that's the story. Man. Oh, God. And uh, I don't know, guys, you know, but that... That is the incarnation, uh, guys. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't true. care what you believe about hell. There are people in this room, maybe, that have been walking in in hell. There are people on this planet that are living in hell for decades, man. For decades. And this gospel is that Jesus Christ has entered into every single one of those situations. And the depths. Into the depths. And he is willing to sit there as long as it takes. United 100% with humanity. Fully God. Fully man. Not just the likeness of flesh, but the likeness of sinful flesh. Even if you got yourself into it. Even if it's all your fault that you're stuck in the bottom of this pit and you've lost your mind. Christy is there. Oh, and that, that reminds me of the line. So in, the, in life, before they died, you know, she says, sometimes when you win, you lose. But at the end of the movie, they say, sometimes when you lose, you win. Yes. Yes. <laughs> wow. He lost it all, man. He lost it all for you. 
He couldn't have heaven without us, man. But it's not for some future day, guys. That's the thing. That's the glory. That is the glory. Yeah, today is the day of salvation. Capital T, Jesus Christ. Today. Today. If this is that moment where you felt like you were in hell, or maybe whatever you felt, it doesn't matter from the heights to the depths. It says that he is the same one that ascended, is the same one that descended, that he might fill all in all. And he left captives in his train. He, he brought many sons to glory. One of my favorite times of the year is that Holy Saturday between, you know, the, the, the Good Friday and Easter when they call it the harrowing of hell. When Jesus Christ harrowed hell. And this isn't, you know, some cycle of karma and reincarnation, you know, that we have to go through over and over again. We don't celebrate the church calendar to as if, oh, yeah, this is the season of death and that's the season of life. No, he did it once and for all. It is done. There is no distance. There is no delay. Wherever you are sitting today, we are in heaven on earth. Come on. Why? Because of our circumstances? No, because of our faith? No, because he came. Jesus. Yeah, just give us a praise. Just thank because he came. Because he came. Oh, Emmanuel. We worship you. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. John, would you play one more song for us? I just want to celebrate Emmanuel this week. I love this family reunion, guys. It's just. It's amazing. May this genuinely be the Christmas that you woke up to the fullness of God in you, to Christ in you, to no more distance, to no more delay, to you sitting, even if you felt like you're in hell, to realize that you are seated with Christ right now in heavenly places. He is with you. He knows what it's like, and He is lifting you right now. He is lifting. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that you're lifting some of us even specifically today. You're lifting. Lift up your heads. You're the lifter of our head, Lord. You are lifting us to something so much greater than our circumstance. Just so, so much greater than what religion taught us. Papa, 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 Papa. We come to see you as our Abba. Not, our, not a distant sky daddy. But our intimate lover of our soul who's never left us for a moment. Who's never left us dry for a moment. Who never cut off the wine. Who mingled your divinity with our humanity. Even in the depths of our sin, you co-mingled. You mixed those wines together. And Lord, you said... Even if I have to lose, I win. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Firehouse Chronicles with Matt and Katie Spinks. Check out all of the events and other grace and glory resources we've been inspired to host at thefirehouseprojects.com. There's so much brewing right now. 
Also, Matt and Katie do ministry full-time with the support of partners like you. So if you're blessed by our ministry, would you consider becoming a monthly partner or making a one-time donation at thefirehouseprojects.com slash donate. The more partnership we have, the more resources and nations we get to reach with this glorious good news. So thank you so much. Cheers, deep drinks, and until next time.